0: You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Wish you were here this morning. It's uh, good that you're listening on podcast. We really want to see you here at the Mills because we love you and we want you here. So thanks for listening. Stay tuned. always wanted to say that. Um, so we are in this sermon series, and I've been told that when I speak, I tend to stand in the areas of the stage where I am not lit, so I'm going to try to make that not happen. I don't know why that's happening or why I do that subconsciously. I just kind of walk into the darkness. Um, anyway, so we are, uh, we're in this sermon series here called The Reach, and uh, I have the privilege to be the concluding... Speaker for this series, and if you remember, the first week we were talking about loving. The second week, last week, we were talking about giving, which Douglas did such an awesome do- job last week. And this week, we're going to be talking about serving. And really, all of those components are, are crucial to the Christian to the Christian life into the faith um, Christianity. It's more they're not compartmentalized things. It's more like a like a watercolor painting where they kind of run and blur together to make a, a really sweet picture that, that ultimately points to Jesus. So we're going to talk about serving today, and, and I kind of want to define serving because serving is, it, it, can, it can span across many things. But I, I want to talk about serving God, but, but ta- serving others and fixing a broken world. And really, as I was asked to do this sermon, I, I was reminded of a conversation that I had with a lady at a coffee shop. I I love going to coffee shops. I spend a significant amount of time in coffee shops. I I like coffee. Do do I have any other coffee lovers in here? Like, you you really like a good cup of coffee? Okay, ooh, that's good. Um, So I like to go to a bunch of coffee shops in the city. It's one of my favorite things to do is to sip a nice cup of of coffee and read and and sit there. And every once in a while, I, I either hear a cool conversation going on around me, although I'm not trying to be too nosy. Um, or I get to have just a sweet conversation with someone. So I want this morning to be an extension of a conversation I had with a lady. So I kind of want to tell you about this conversation. So I was sitting at this at this coffee shop in Lawrenceville called Espresso Amano. Has anyone ever been to Espresso Amano? You guys are missing out. You, oh, there's Douglas. Douglas has been there. Uh, we... Uh, If you haven't been there, you should try it out because it's got really good coffee. It's pretty packed now on Sundays. It used to be my prime Sunday morning place to go to get some coffee because I like to sit before Nexus and and read and do things like that. But it's been getting really too busy. So I was sitting at a table, and every other table was filled. And I've had to be this person before, so I take pity on other people who have to do this. But I had a a lady. She was an older lady. Um, Oh, gosh. see, I shouldn't have said that because well, she was in there like, I would peg her in her mid-60s. I'm not saying that's old. I'm just saying she was in her mid-60s. And she came up to my table and was like, see, I got to be careful. Uh, she came up to my table and she said, hey, is it okay if I if I sit with you? Sure. Yeah, have a have a seat. So then we're, we're sitting. I'm reading. She's reading. We haven't really said a whole lot yet, but then she just starts laughing uncontrollably while reading this piece of paper. And uh Naturally, I look up, and she says, do you want to know what I'm laughing about? I was like, I do. I really do. So she started telling me about what, she, what she's laughing about, blah, blah, blah. So then we start talking a little bit, and it, it turns into a conversation of, hey, what what do you do? Um, and she said, I asked her, what is it that she does? And she says that she helps to create and this is another reason why I love coffee shops because you meet really really cool people like this other time side note I sat next to this guy uh, when I had to ask someone hey can I sit with you he, he was a developer for Instagram and I was like I love Instagram I Instagram all the time it's a great app it's a great app thanks for what you've done for society <laughs> but she um, she told me that she creates sustainable water systems in the uh, US in different cities sustainable um, efficient water systems and in other countries. I was like, man, that is so cool. And she's devoted her whole entire life to doing this. And then she, of course, asked me what it is that I do. And I told her that I work at a a cyber school for 10th, and I work with 10th graders who are at risk for failing. So I try to get them to, to not fail. And a lot of them are in rough circumstances, inner city kids, kids who grow up in poor family situations. There's just so many factors that, that produce uh, a student who's kind of doing very poorly. So I told her about that, and then I, I always have to throw this in, because I, I always like to leave a room to, to talk about God. So I say, and I study Bible and theology. Well, she took uh, quite an interest in that, and she then fired right at me so, do you believe that if people don't believe in God that they go to hell? Now, that's not a conversation we're going to have this morning, although I did go into that and I started talking to her about it and uh, did, did, did the best I could to talk about the goodness of God, how good he really is, and if he's really that good, then hell kind of makes sense, but that's another topic for a different day. But after we talked for a while, you know, I was really gaining some ground. You could tell that she was very very receptive to having an honest conversation. He's very humble, very open to just talking, and I love that. I love that kind of posture. God really works in that kind of a posture, as Donnie says, humble, open, and seeking. That's a little side note, a little nugget for you to take away, not planned. Um, God speaks to those kinds of people. Anyway, so then I'm sitting back, and, and after a while, I just, I decided to have a conversation with her and ask her, can I, can I ask you something? She said, sure. I said, why why do you do what you do? Why do you serve the world by doing the sustainable water thing? Do you ever, at the end of your days, like, lay your head down at your pillow and say, am I even making a difference? Is this even doing anything? I actually asked her that. And she said, a real moment of like, raw authenticity, she, she, she said, you know, at the end of many of my days, I, I do wonder what's what's the point of me even doing this? What's the point of me tireless, tirelessly working to create these sustainable water systems and to care for these people and serve these people? Which then I... I I remembered a very attractive piece. If you're in this place and you're not a believer, you've got to hear this. This is a very attractive piece, I, I think, of Christianity. It sets it apart from other belief systems and faiths, and that is the end goal of Christianity. And I said this to her you know, I said, I appreciate what you're doing. And in the realm of Christianity, it really makes sense that you're doing this because the ultimate goal, the claims of Christianity are that you we are not to escape the physical world. We are to renew it. You see, here in the Western culture, there's become this kind of belief. It's really a caricature of what the Bible says. And that is, if you die, you go to this heavenly place where there are clouds and you spend the rest of your life there. And there is that in the Bible for a time. But That's not all there is. You see, there then comes a renewal of the earth, a combination, so to speak, of heaven and earth coming together to to create what the Bible calls a new Jerusalem, a new kingdom. And in that place is perfect peace and perfect goodness, and it's a restoration of a world, a world that I love. I love this world. I love the good things in this world. You know, I like having good times and eating good food and seeing a good creation, and sure, things are awry, but I see that there is goodness in this creation, And, and the Bible is really... Interesting, and Christianity is really interesting in that it's not the religion that tries to get you to escape the physical world, but God cares about it so much that one, he became a part of it in Jesus, and two, his whole plan is to renew it. So I said to this lady, I, I want you to be encouraged because Christianity leaves room for real significance in what you 're doing, like you 're working towards an ultimate good, something that is bound to happen, that will happen, a restoration of the earth. I said to her, even if you don 't believe in god you've got to believe it that 's pretty attractive. She said it is. I want to go into that just a little bit more here this morning because this is setting the, I want to set the the stage for serving for you, and so you would ultimately be hopefully encouraged and inspired to serve, knowing that it plays into a bigger plan of God's. And it's really biblical, it's really accurate, and that has to do with the renewal of the earth. So, First, I want to read a couple of passages from the Bible so you can see that I'm not just making this up, that this is true, because maybe you thought to yourself, you've been watching Tom and Jerry a lot, and you just see that people die and they go to heaven or they go to hell, and that's the end. But this is really an attractive piece. This is really cool. And you, you have to sit back for just a moment, because I realize that as Westerners, we have a, a little layer of suspicion whenever we hear about this kind of thing, a renewal of the earth, the brokenness, going and being full peace on this physical world. Yeah, that sounds like... Uh, fiction novel, but hang with me here because if this is true, if the Bible is true, because this is the claim of the Bible, if it is true, then the earth is going to be restored to a place of complete peace, health, goodness, absence of all that is wrong and wicked, and I want to read that to you because it's very attractive. It's very attractive. If you're not a believer, you have to admit like, wow, that's a nice thought, and that's a good place to start. So, in fact, the Bible says in Romans 8, verses 19, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from bondage to decay and brought into into freedom and glory of the children of God. The Bible says that the world waits in eager expectation for this new creation to occur, for the bondage and the frustration to be gone and getting ri- got rid of and, and and restored. And then we go to the book of Revelation, one of those, whoa, we can't talk about revelation. That's a We don't know what it means or anything like that, but we do. We can get... There are things that we don't quite understand, there are things that are very, very clear, so I want to encourage you um, to read more on your own of all of this kind of thing, but we get a good picture of of a broad, what we're doing is flying over and kind of looking down and seeing the broad picture, so uh, this is Revelation 21, verses 2, I want you to listen to this, there's a lot of poetic language here, it's very nice, I've actually read it from up here before because I just love it so much. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. This this new creation, the, the restoration of the world, coming down from heaven, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. That's very important. God's dwelling place is now among the people. Raw presence of God. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. The old ways, the bad things are all gone here. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the adulterers and liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And that's exactly what we're talking about in this new creation. All the bad things, all of those things, the wickedness, the bad, all the things that try to thwart us as human beings, things that even you and I look at and say, we don't want that in this world. We do not want killing. We do not want... Injustice. We do not want malnutrition. We do not want all of these natural catastrophes that are killing lives. We don't want any of that. The Bible is claiming here that all of that will be gone. What a nice thought. It goes on to say, nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. You see, in the book of Revelation, there's this term of Babylon being used and it's pinned up against this new Jerusalem. And Babylon is the place as the world as we know it now. Man's kingdom, things that we've really messed up as people and, and the new Jerusalem is set in, in contrast to that Babylon which represents world as we know it now, messed up, fragmented. And one theologian, Rich, Richard Bauckham says, it, new Jerusalem has to be presented as the alternative to Babylon. John hopes that's the writer of Revelation. This is still Richard Bacham speaking. John hopes not only his readers but even through them the nations may be won from the deceitful charms of Babylon to the genuine attractions of the new Jerusalem. I want you to hear this this morning because as we're talking about serving, I want you to know that you show people and you make the new Jerusalem the ultimate end of Christianity very attractive to people as you serve. It should be a huge motivation for you as you serve. And in fact, I would go as far as to say it should be in the back of your head. This new Jerusalem, this new creation that God is setting forth, all redemptive history is pointing to this culmination where God is going to restore a very broken world and he's going to do it through you and he's going to do it through me through serving. So this end is very important. In fact, I would say the end gives you the reason, the privilege, and the strength to serve. The end gives you the reason, the privilege, and the strength to serve. So that's kind of what we're going to be unpacking this morning. So first, I want to give you uh, the reason to serve. The reason to serve as it stands with the renewal of the earth coming at the end of redemptive history. If you're anything like this lady who I talked to in the coffee shop, you would recognize that without God... And without this restoration of the earth, that serving seems and is really pointless. And it's kind of depressing, because for what reason would you serve if there was no restoration of the earth? If there was no God, why care if people in Africa have no food? Why care if people are getting shot in the streets of Homewood? Why care if people aren't receiving education in South America? Why care? Why even care? You see, the Bible gives a completely different view to this world. And that is, you should care, and you should serve these people, and you should serve to get rid of all brokenness, all brokenness, regardless of how small or how big it is, because at the end, that is what I'm working towards. And I want to do it through you, Christian. I want you to serve people, and I want you to rid the world of all of this. I want to use your work to do this. This is encouraging. This is actually encouraging because a lot of you do this. A lot of you guys serve. I want this to be an encouraging message for you who are serving, and you're serving faithfully. And when I say serving, I mean, yes, in church, you're serving day in and day out in areas where people may not know what you're doing. But I want you to know that be encouraged because you're working toward an ultimate good. And God is pleased with you. Some of you work in vocations where you're working to serve other people. You work as teachers, you work as hospital workers, you work in law enforcement. Even if you're in your office, it doesn't have a direct application to, to people who are suffering. Maybe you're just simply doing the right thing at work where everyone around you is doing things that aren't right. I want you to know that as you are doing the right thing, you are showing people a world that you believe in. A creation of a recreation of the world, a renewal of the world where all of the bad things, deceit, lying, all those things are gone. You have a reason with God to serve. You have a reason to work. You have a reason to be encouraged when you feel within you. You see, this this it meets the Bible meets one of our deepest felt needs to have meaning for serving and taking care of people that you wouldn't otherwise have without it. You know, we as people, we get really excited when we, when we see companies who are doing things well and successfully when it comes to serving people and, and getting rid of bad things in the world. Take, for instance, Toms. A lot of us really like Toms. In fact, when we were in Haiti, we saw kids wearing Toms. And, you know, regardless of your stance on that whole way of going about it, these kids are getting shoes when they wouldn't otherwise have shoes, which is pretty sweet. So we like that. We want to get on board. We see th- something like the, the One Campaign or Product Red or you buy this fair trade coffee and people are getting paid equally. You buy this piece of clothing and they're getting, they're getting fair wages. You, we like that and we want to get on board. I just want you to catch wind of what God is doing on this earth because what he's doing is eradicating all of the evil, all the wickedness, all the brokenness, and he's going to ultimately do it successfully catch wind of it because that's something you should catch you, you, should, you should get very much on board with I want to encourage you see it rightly see what God is doing that's exciting stuff so we have a reason to serve because of that end the renewal of the world we also have a privilege we have the privilege to serve this is this is really important the privilege to serve I was kind of throwing around different words but it really is a privilege. I want to give you this point here. Serving is deeply significant and ultimately ultimately successful. Serving is deeply significant and ultimately successful. But now I want to talk about the privilege to serve. The Bible makes a very awesome and humbling statement in 1 Corinthians. It says that we are co-workers with God. Talking to the Christian. We are co-workers in God's service. And this is a a big deal um, because we're commissioned to, as Christians, work alongside God in this renewal of the earth. What a privilege. What a privilege to be involved with someone God, who is doing something so significant and so successful in the world. It gives you a real reason to serve, but it's a privilege. I love how theologian, author N.T. Wright says this. This is pretty awesome. The New Testament, true to its Old Testament roots, regularly insists that the major central framing question is that of God's purpose of rescue and recreation of the whole world, the entire cosmos. The destiny of individual human beings must be understood within that context, not simply in the sense that we are only part of a much larger picture, but also in the sense of that part of the whole point of being saved in the present is so that we can play a vital role role with that larger picture and purpose. Did you catch that? He says the, the part of the whole point of being saved in the present is so that we can play a vital role within that larger picture and purpose of recreation and restoration of the world. And God has called us to do that alongside him as co-workers. And we are to do that by serving, serving others. There's also a humbling thing about this scripture as well. It's a huge privilege. It's a huge privilege, but we also do have a duty, because it doesn't say we might be co-workers in God's service if we are Christian. It doesn't say if, if we are co-workers in God's service as Christians. It says we are. If you're a Christian, you are a co-worker with God in his service. So the question doesn't become if. The question is how well are you doing? The question is are you keeping in mind God's overall purpose when you're in that moment when you're deciding am I going to serve? Am I going to do the right thing? Am I going to care about this person and be selfless here? In those moments, are you turning to yourself or are you being a good co-worker with God? It's a privilege. It's a privilege. But as you're a co-worker with God, you need to know God's service goes into every area of brokenness. And that might be as small as doing the right thing in the office it doesn't necessarily have to be conquering uh, world poverty or malnutrition, but it's not not conquering world poverty and nutrition. It's not not, double negative, it's not not going after and into the the deepest brokenness the world has ever seen. It is those things. God's going to call you into places, and I would hope that he would call people at Riverside Community Church into the darkest places the world has ever seen because it's in that brokenness where God goes. He goes everywhere, and he goes into the deepest of brokenness. And we are, as his co-workers in God's service, to go into the dangerous places, to go into the forgotten places, to go into the tough places, the icky places, the nasty places. We have to go to those places. We have to serve those people. We have to serve God. We have to serve others in all of those places, all of those broken places. The problem is, when we go into those places, it's difficult. It's super difficult. difficult. But that's why there's a strength. God gives you a strength to serve. As co-workers with God, he gives you a strength to serve. And there's first a natural kind of strength that can come by you making a simple mental connection. And I want this to be a really big mental connection for you this morning. Because so much of us just live and we get discouraged as we serve and it gets tiring and we forget the overall purpose of what we're doing. We're serving God, we're serving others, but we're, we're participants, we're f- co-workers in, with God in, in the recreation, the renewal of the entire earth. Stay with me here because that is no small thing. What a privilege. And in fact, this is something to think of the end, to think of where God is going, the ultimate restoration of the world. To think of those and to draw strength, inner strength By making and thinking, making that connection to present work and thinking about it. That was something the apostles did quite often. In fact, Paul in 1 Corinthians says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. There it is. I want to encourage you that as you're working and serving people, that you make the connection that you are a co worker with God, that you are participating in this trajectory of redemptive history where God is going to recreate and renew the world and get rid of all the bad and nasty things. I want you to be encouraged, like really encouraged by that. God is pleased with you. I like, I love saying that, you know, God of the universe is pleased with you when you are serving alongside of him and you're making those connections because when you make those connections also, you start giving God the glory. So make that natural connection, but there's also, all the natural connection is not going to help you entirely. You need a supernatural kind of help as well. And this is, again, one of those things, maybe you're not a Christian and you're in this place and this is like weird for you, hang with me here, because this is another claim of the Bible. He says that when we become Christians, we, we are no longer acting on our own strength, but we actually have God residing within us, and from God with. Residing within us comes a power to serve and to love and to give beyond what we're naturally capable of doing. And that's really awesome. In fact, the Bible says, I love this. This is in Ephesians. This is Paul's prayer to church people in Ephesus, the city, so it could be just as much a prayer for church people in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The scripture will go on to say that God has put all things under his feet. So be encouraged, servant, as you are in the dark place, as you are in the difficult place. I want you to draw upon the overall plan of God. Dig deep and pray that the Holy Spirit would empower you, would give you the strength, to give you the mindset, to give you the the energy to continue forward. And he will. He will. He will. Standing on his word, I will say he will. He will equip you to do exactly what you need to do for the kingdom. Be encouraged and stay strong in him as you serve. Make those mental connections. Draw upon the Holy Spirit within you. It's an untapped resource. It's important for you to know That we are apart from God. The strength component is very important. Very, very important. It's important that you know that we are completely unfit to participate in God's overall renewal of the earth. We are completely unfit, unable to do it apart from God. Because we were a part of the very problem God has called us to serve to take care of. Did you catch that? We need God in order to serve effectively in this capacity, which is working with God to do what he's doing, the recreation of the world. That's where all history is going. And it also, to meet our deepest felt needs as human beings, we really do need God in order to serve this way. And the reason we do is because Jesus first served us because we were broken. The very... Serving, he has called us to do and to participate in the privilege. He had to first set us right to do it because he knew that we couldn't do it without him. Jesus said, actually the scripture says that Jesus, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, we are unfit to serve the way that we ought to fit. I hope, I hope that you see that this serving that God has called us to is a huge privilege. It's a huge honor. It's something that we as people need to do because it meets our deepest felt needs of serving God and serving others. And we can't participate in it unless someone did something about our own brokenness. The Bible says that we were broken. The very brokenness that God is calling us as Christians to go into and to to fix in Jesus' name. We were first there and we needed, there needed to be a first servant. That's what I'm saying. There needed to be someone who first served, who set the way. And the Bible says it was Jesus. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And you know what? Jesus had a reason to serve. We're talking about reason, privilege, and strength. Jesus had a reason to serve, to set us right, to then be able to serve alongside him. His reason was love. He loved you. He loved me. He loved us so much that he was willing to die for us. He was willing to go to the deepest end of serving by giving up his life for us, that we could join him in his service as co-workers. So we could join him in the privilege and in the encouragement to know at the end of the day when we lay our heads down that, wow, this was significant, this was meaningful, this is putting a dent in the horrible nature of the world, the place we find ourselves in, the mess we got ourselves into. There is reason for it, and it all started with Jesus. Whew. Start with Jesus. Setting us right. He had a reason to serve first, and it was because he loved you, and it was because he loved me. He had the privilege to, to die on a cross for you, a privilege. He, he went willingly to the cross. He had a privilege. He considered it a privilege to die for you and for me. How counterintuitive is that the creator of the universe who created all things good, that we screwed up as people, he came down, he died, and he saw it as a privilege He had the strength that we do not have on our own because he is God as man. He is perfect. He is the perfect person. He had his own strength to to do what we couldn't do. He served effectively first because he was strong in and of himself. We need to draw on, on power, the natural power that I spoke of, of looking to the end. We need to more draw on the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was perfectly strong and he went to the cross for you and for me. What I'm saying is Jesus served by reaching his arms out on the cross so that you and I would have the reason, privilege, and strength to serve. I want you to drink this in for a minute because this really is the secret sauce. If there is a secret sauce to the serving effectively, to to serve meaningfully, to make an impact on this world, you need to see that Jesus served first by reaching his arms out on the cross so you would have the reason and the strength and the privilege to serve. I want to invite the worship team to come back up and I know there's going to be a lot of commotion on the stage here, but stay with me here because this is really important because I want to talk about how we are to respond because this is an encu- I'm hoping this is an encouraging message for you. I'm hoping that if you're in this place here and you aren't a believer that you would sit back and think, man, I kind of want to be a part of what's happening here. I like this idea of all the messed upness of the world going to the wayside. I like this idea of God's plan as it's outlined in the Bible. Where do I even begin? Well, before you can serve the world and serve alongside God in His fixing of the brokenness of the world, you first got to serve God. Jesus served first by reaching his arms out on the cross so you would have the reason, the privilege, and the strength to serve. So you first got to serve Jesus. And the way you do that is by looking to Jesus and saying, you know what, God, I recognize that I was broken. I was a part of the very brokenness that you are setting us all out to serve, to fix. That I was a part of that, but I, I'm hearing what this bearded, somewhat bald guy is saying on the stage, I'm hearing him say that you did something for me that I couldn't have done on myself, that you first served me, and now I want to serve you. The Bible says if you just reach out to God, we're, we're talking about the reach, loving, giving, and serving. If you reach out your love to God If you reach out to give him your life, if you reach out to serve him with your life, then he will be your savior and welcome to the family. You're joining in his work of this restoration of the world, the deeply significant, deeply meaningful, deeply successful work of recreating this this world. Jesus, God is doing it. Christian, if you're here in this place, I've got a, a few things. I want you to embrace the reason, the strength, and the privilege to serve. Jesus, in in Hebrews 12, it says that he he had this joy as he served. Even in the darkest places, he had this joy of serving. Are you joyful in your serving? Be encouraged. There was one who went before you, and he went into very difficult circumstances, the most difficult circumstances the world has ever seen and he was successful in it. And the Bible says that the very same spirit within him that made him successful in his serving now resides in you. Be encouraged on long days, on tiring days. Be encouraged that what you're doing is exactly where God wants you. You are playing a significant and meaningful role in the restoration of the kingdom of God. Be encouraged, Christian. Be inspired. The world needs to see the new kingdom. They need to see a different way than what they're getting and guess what? It's coming from you. And it's going to come by serving people. I got to give you a little little part of my heart here if you haven't seen it already. I need to talk to parents for a minute. Oh, I'm going to try to do this without crying. Whew. I'm a product of a of parents who, who served, who served well. I can't say for certain I'd be standing on the stage talking to you and preaching to you if it wasn't for two parents who humbly served. Mom and Dad, if you're listening, I love you. Your parents, your kids need to see you serving in the church. Making serving a priority in the church. Oftentimes, work becomes the main priority, or sports become the main priority, but our children need to see us serving the church and serving the world. And from that, they will grow to love the church. Guys, i got to tell you, I love the church. I I love this church, and the church is in a building. I mean, it's a sweet building. I'm thankful to God for it. But I, I come into this place, and I love all of you. Like, I came here this morning thinking to myself, man, I get to talk to my family this morning. I love the little C church. I love the capital C church, the whole kingdom of believers. And it was because Jesus changed my life and it was because of two humble servants of God, my parents, your children need to see it. I want us to respond in, in just a, a couple of ways this morning. But I want to leave you with this thought and maybe you would take your phone out and write this down or Or write it somewhere significant where you can see it, but serve to the end. That's really the thing I want you to get tonight, today. I want you to serve to the end, and this is a loaded statement. On the tiring days, I want you to serve to the end of the day. I want you to serve to the end of the week. I want you to serve to the end of your life. If you're older in this place and you're wondering whether God's still got a plan for you in His kingdom, He does. Die with your boots on. Serve to the end. And also to the end, I mean to that end in which God is working and moving all of redemptive history, the end, the, the recreation, the renewal of the earth, work to that end because that is an end worth serving for. It really is. You will find deep encouragement, deep meaning as you serve to that end. I want to point your attention because we have some awesome ways that you can walk away this morning. That's, you can put this right into practice because I want every single person in this church serving. I love serving. I love serving the church. Do you love serving? We need you. We want you. God wants you to participate in the privilege of serving alongside him. First and foremost, if you are an unbeliever in this place, serve God first by giving him your life. Cry out to him as your savior. Tell him that you want to participate in what he's doing and that you recognize it is solely from him. Christians, start making the mental connections as you work, as you do the hard things, as you work in the tiring places. Make that connection of oh, I'm working toward this end. And may that be an encouragement for you. That's why I ask you to do it because it's a, it's, a, it's a needed encouragement for you. If you get away from that truth, it's going to get tiring real quick. God would have you get focused on that end. In the bulletin this morning, there was this little insert, and I love this insert. It's called Shaped for Serving God. It asks for your name, your address, all of your information, but it also asks you what your talents are. This is a real way, if you're sitting here today and you're wondering, how can I start serving in this church like he's talking about? How can I start serving? Here is a way. You you pick what you're good at doing, your talents, and then you kind of give how much hours you're, you're willing to give per week. Come on, let's serve. How How much availability you have and what team you might want to get involved in. We we want to see you plugged in. Please hear our hearts. We know that God has the best for you and that you will experience the best things for you when you are serving tirelessly. I got to tell you that this kingdom is worth getting tired. It's worth working hard. It's worth making sacrifices. It's worth serving. This God is really worth serving. I got to tell you, I love serving. No matter how tired I am, I love serving God. I'll go until I can't go anymore. As we get ready to respond, we're going to have a little bit of a time of slow worship, and, and I want you to seek God. If you're, if you're an unbeliever, seek, seek God and, and cry to him as Savior so you can join in this work. And We want to get you plugged in right away. Start making decisions and, and changes for this world for the better, that, that end that we were talking about. We have Serve the Berg coming in just next, the end of next month, so sign-ups are going to be starting in just like next week, like two weeks or something like that. Sign up for Serve the Berg. I want people to see Riverside Community Church and be like, Whoa. I want people to see them and be like, wow, they are outlining a different planet than I'm living on. Oh, yeah, that's what I want. Be encouraged as you serve. Let us serve, and let us serve well. God, thank you so much for giving us a reason, the privilege, and the strength to serve. We love you, God. We thank you, Jesus, for, for first serving us, that while we were still sinners, you died for us and you did it with the reason of love, a privilege, and and a strength that we just don't have. Jesus, we thank you, and for that, we want to give you our lives. We want to give you our time. We want to give you all of our love, all of our giving, all of our service. Jesus, all for the end, the end which is the recreation of the world, your immediate, raw presence. Jesus, we want you now. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. We're going to leave with just a couple of slow songs where I want you to seek out God and then we're going to end with a bang because I want you to be encouraged this morning. Let's let's respond. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.